I'm going to be talking about strategies for CEO team leaders. We're going to be talking about the difference between a job and a business, and we're going to be getting into leveraged roles. We're going to help talk about how a CEO can be self-aware and self-actualized and look at their dollar per hour activities and be sure to find leverage and other personnel to take on lower dollar per hour activities while we as CEOs and team leaders focus on our highest income producing activities to take our business and our team to the next level. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. I'm really excited today. I'm going to be hosting a solo episode, and I'm going to be talking about strategies that CEOs can implement in their business today to see massive growth. I'm excited today to talk and answer a question I get very often, which is how do you manage so many things? And it's really funny to me because a lot of people give me the credit of all of the different businesses that we juggle and all of the different successes and sometimes failures that we experience. And I, I don't deserve the credit. So I'm going to be talking a little bit today about how we create leverage, uh, how we hire direct reports, how we track, how we manage all the different businesses that we have and some simple strategies that anyone running a team across any vertical can implement in their business today. A lot of this will be repeat, things that you already know about, things you're already taking advantage of, and hopefully there will be two or three nuggets that you can take from this episode that you can implement in your business today. Um, I wanna start off by sharing the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller. Um, there's lots of books I've read, hundreds of books that I've read. And typically when I would read a book, the goal is to answer a question or a challenge that I'm experiencing. Um, oftentimes when someone says to me, what book should I read? I'll, I'll answer by saying, what problem do you have? Or what's the greatest problem that you want to apply, you want to address today? And then I can make a book or a podcast recommendation based on that. So thinking about being a CEO, first and foremost, what is it? Chief executive officer, what does that mean? Um, you also have in a hierarchy, a COO, which is a chief operations officer, CFO, chief financial officer, uh, the list goes on and on CMO, chief marketing officer, chief technology officer. We just hired a CAIO, which is our chief AI officer that helps with AI integrations, who also serves as our COO. But ultimately when you think CEO and like Gary Keller wrote in the book, millionaire real estate agent to get to the CEO level where you're working less than five hours a week in your business, generating over a million dollars a year. We talk about that being the CEO team. I don't know anyone in any room where I've asked hands to go up that didn't want to make a million a year net working less than five hours a week on their business. So what are some of the systems and processes and strategies behind becoming a CEO team, a CEO leader that allows you to have the ability to work less than five hours in that business if you didn't want to work more than five hours? Um, and generate that type of revenue. So that's what I wanna get into today. The first thing and word that I will speak to is leverage. Leverage. Um, every time I say that word, I don't know why, but I think of a giant rock and like maybe it's 4,000 years ago and the natives don't have a giant crane to move the rock or a bulldozer. And so they get a, a big log and stick or lever that they figure out that they can stick underneath of the rock and get enough people to push against the lever and move the rock. That's leverage using those people and the way you have the, di the weight distribution to press against that rock in just the right way that you could actually dislodge it. Um, in business, there's lots of different ways that we leverage things. Obviously, going back 
15 or 20 years. I remember my mom, uh, she started selling real estate. Man, I have to go back 30 or 40 years, but I remember selling when I was in kindergarten in 1986 and they didn't have the internet. The World Wide Web didn't exist. And so agents would have little multiple listing books. And in that book, there'd be a black and white picture of the front of a house and then a few of the basic details about the property. And you had to set up the showing through the listing agent. So you'd have a phone number, you'd call an office, you'd set up the showing, you'd leave a voicemail or talk to an assistant, and then you'd need to go to the office to pick up a key, and then you'd go to the house. And the listing agent oftentimes would have to be there to meet you at the house. And I know in some states, the listing agent is still doing that or in a luxury price point. But why I share all of that is you look at the internet today and the leverage it's created. You look at AI integrations, and in my opinion, AI is gonna go 100 times further in terms of our ability to create leverage than what the even the internet has done for business. And I think about my capacity to lead um, and my active role across all of our businesses and the importance leverage has and the solution that leverage can create for an individual to help them do more. And I always talk about making more money, less time, less energy. How about doing more for others, providing more value in less time with less energy? And so going back to when I was an ind individual real estate agent, I partnered with my mom and dad and we had a community team where anything I sold, I kept, anything they sold, they kept. And I quickly realized the importance of having a full-time admin person. Um, if you guys that are listening are anything like me, um, I was doing all of my own paperwork my first year in 2007. And my first year I sold over 50 doors and generated $96,000 of net revenue to my bottom line. But my biggest challenge was the paperwork, um, dieting the I's, crossing the T's. I would leave five, six, I'm sure it drove my admin staff crazy, sorry, Linda. But I remember leaving multiple commission checks and I wouldn't go and get my commissions until I had an extra five or 10 minutes to go through quickly and get all the paperwork that I was missing turned into the office so they'd release my checks to me. And so going into 2008, I asked myself, what could I do in my business to help me sell more doors? What's holding me back? And I decided a full-time transaction management person, um, a TC, uh, would be able to assist me by doing all of the paperwork and all the back office and all of the Excel spreadsheets and commissions and all that stuff that was always just kind of getting in my way. And so I hired Kim Stevens, who is working with us today. She's a broker for us in Iowa, and she's also an agent at KW Elite. And I hired her as a personal assistant, transaction coordinator, and I remember paying her around 30,000 a year. Sorry, Kim, if it was less. I feel like that's what it was, around 30. And so I went from making 96,000 to right out of the gate going into 2008, taking a 33% uh, pay cut because I decided I was going to hire this additional person. Well, that person is leverage. I believed, and I took the risk, that by hiring somebody to relieve, let's say, 10 hours a week of my time and paying them 30% of my revenue, I would be able to create more than what I lost in future business. So if I could essentially hire someone full-time to do that activity, and I paid 30,000 for that, if I could generate 31,000 or 40,000 or 80,000 or 150,000 more because I created that leverage, to me, it was worth it. And so I tested it out and that's what I did. And year after year, all the way till this episode, which I'm recording in 2023, I have been crazy about creating leverage across every business and asking myself, what do I think I'm worth per hour? And am I doing the activities 
that I think I'm worth per hour. So if you think you're worth 100 grand a year in whatever your role is, you you think your job or your sales position should make you $100,000 a year and you work 40 hours a week and you work 52 weeks out of the year, you're worth $50 an hour. $50 an hour. If you if you spread all your commissions, if you're in a commission job across the whole year, 50 bucks an hour. So then I ask myself and I challenge you to ask yourself, are you doing $50 an hour work? When you do choose to go and pick something up from some from a closing or show up at a showing to open a door or fill out a purchase agreement, is that $50 an hour work? Or could you hire someone to do that for you for $20 an hour? Could you pay someone 50,000 a year, which is $25 an hour, to do all of the jobs for you that are less than $50 an hour? And more importantly, if you think you're worth $250,000 an hour, and you can keep playing this game, half a million, a million, whatever it is, what would the activities be that are gonna drive more revenue to you? So what I've come to learn is my goal hasn't been not working. I love working. The difference is, are you working on your job, in your job, or are you working on your business? And a business is something where you can exit and it still generates revenue for you. Reoccurring revenue, ideally, if you wanna have the most amount of money when you exit said business. And so the six businesses we focus on today, and this will tie back into the CEO role that I'm in today, is our real estate company and our coaching company and our mortgage company, title company, insurance company, and property management company. And investment and property management I'd put underneath our development vertical. All of those businesses have have a CEO. All of those businesses have a marketing department that work for them. All of those businesses have a CFO who's behind all the bill pay and making sure that all the accounting is taken care of correctly and that all the businesses have a monthly P&L. I don't do any of that. And so when people look at me and I'm like, how do you juggle so much? The answer is people. The answer is organization. That's it's a hierarchy and it's no different than you look at any Fortune 500 company that has tens of thousands of employees and they've built the exact same thing, probably a lot better than I've been able to build it. Um, but I come I do come from an entrepreneurial background. I took entrepreneurial classes. I have a degree in business. Um, I, I grew up around a lot of blue collar businesses and watched my uncles and people in my world start their own companies and create leverage in their own right or respect or regard. Uh, but it really is going to come down to how big do you want to go and what do you want to let go of? And I find it's really challenging for top producers across any of those verticals. It's really hard to walk away from a big commission because those big commissions pay us way more than $50 an hour. Um, you take a listing and it sells in three hours and it only took you two hours to list it. So you've got five hours in and it pays you 50000 You're making $5,000 an hour or $10,000 an hour. And that's that's why people get in the real estate business. They watch HGTV and they see all these agents making all this money. But as real agents that are full time, that you do it as a job, we know those are sometimes unicorns. That doesn't happen every day. Um, it happens, it happens, but it just it's not something that you can count on all the time. And so my challenge to anyone listening is think about how much you think you're worth per hour. Look at your income last year, divide it across how many hours you work. Some of you might be part time working 20 hours a week. That's totally fine. Um, you can do the math on on how much you made and then divide it across how many hours you worked, and that'll tell you what you're making per hour. I guarantee there are tasks you do that you could hire out less than what you earn. And I guarantee there's tasks you could do that will generate more revenue to you than the tasks you're doing today. Um, I know I share a lot of times from stage and in think pods, if you're wanting to make more money, do activities that generate more money. What are the highest 
income producing activities of someone that's working real estate as a job or mortgage loan officers as a job or insurance agents as a job, 80% of one's time if you're in the job of those verticals is prospecting. And that could be drip emails, mass emails, mailers, phone calls, um, mastermind events. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, but it's looking for business opportunities. It's setting appointments. And then 20% is spent servicing those appointments. So if you can leverage the prospecting piece, which we've done through, let's say, Google AdWords, we've converted over 2,500 internet leads in the last 10 years, I think more than any other team in history. We leverage Google paid ads and we leverage the Boomtown platform which is generating all these lead opportunities. And then of course I can't take 2000 leads a month personally. So I hired an army of agents that were willing to take those leads and get paid 50%. So instead of me getting to keep $20 million, that was the actual gross commission that came off of all those transactions. I kept $10 million. So sometimes we have to give up a little bit of income to be able to um, get time and capacity to choose how we want to spend the time that we save. Some people might choose to replace the time they used to spend door knocking because they hired a door knocker. They might choose to replace that time with time with their family or time traveling or time golfing. And it's no one's choice, but your own, how you want to replace the time. But the goal would be to replace the time with higher income producing activity. And so as a CEO and looking at top strategies, leverage is the number one thing, uh, being self-aware of how you spend your time, being cognizant of hiring people to replace you in the lower income producing activities and replace yourself and always scale up to higher income producing activities. And the last thing I could say to that, looking at it from like the residential real estate spectrum, you recruit one agent into your organization and you retain that agent for five years. You figure out how much does each agent in your organization net you? Let's say the number's $20,000, which is a pretty good working number. If they make you 20,000 a year for five years, that means every new recruit you are able to hire into your world is worth a hundred grand. So where are we spending our time right now? Are we trying to go out and get a listing that might make us 10 grand or get, recruit an agent that makes you a hundred grand? And so you can keep thinking that way. Do I wanna build my real estate team local or would I rather partner with hundreds of real estate brokerages nationally and scale out all of my verticals? And that's kind of where we are now. And then we have some really big announcements we're going to be making Q1 of 2024, but we've learned quickly to have the most impact um, and massively scale nationally. We needed to have multipliers or value props that we could give to partners all across the country. And instead of having ownership in a real estate vertical, which is a real estate team or a brokerage, that, that in no way is our intention. Our goal is to partner with already existing verticals like mortgage, title, insurance, property management, investing, and real estate teams, and help them massively scale what they've built today by having the synergies across all of those other verticals, access to shared services, and so much more. So that's a teaser. Anyone that wants to get into our organization now and have first dibs at opportunities with partnering in those verticals with us in your given state, you can find out more information about joining our Elite Real Estate Systems group coaching platform. Um, go to growwithers.com. You can schedule a call with our director of sales, Logan Boyce, and find out more information about group coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching, and then our future product offering that's gonna go national next year, which is powered by ERS. If you find this episode valuable and episodes like this valuable, please don't hesitate to rate us on the podcast app or YouTube that you choose to use to listen to our episodes. We'd really appreciate the top level score as well as a shout out to myself or any of our past guests who we've brought on the show that you felt brought value to you. Um, think like a CEO, act like a CEO, be the leader, 
be the leader in charge. Even if you're doing activities today that you think are lower income producing for you today, have a plan to stop doing those activities, create leverage, hire someone else to do the lower income producing activities and use the time that is created to do a higher income producing activity and continue implementing that strategy day in and day out, year in and year out. And you will continually to scale up as a CEO. You'll eventually have the empowerment to choose to not work another day of your life. And you'll have other CEOs and COOs and CFOs and CMOs running your business entities for you. And you get to play whatever active role you want, which is your job. It might just be sitting in a board meeting once a month. It might be doing a training. It might be speaking. It might be host hosting a podcast, but you get to have the empowerment of choosing how you want to spend your time instead of feeling like you have to be forced into doing a certain activity to generate a certain dollar amount to be able to live and lead the life of your dreams. So with that, I'm going to wrap up the CEO Best Strategies uh, podcast. I really appreciate you guys hanging in here with me today on this episode, and I look forward to you listening to our next episode.